Welcome to Career Tools. Today's topic, new job, week one. Take notes. Here we go. We've been asked quite a number of times from folks new to a job, what do I do in the first week or month or three months? Folks have different time frames they think oh, about. Yeah. But folks, that's not what this cast is about because that's that's a long, long, long yeah. uh, podcast. Well, it could be this cast, but it would be a week-long cast. Yeah, would have to listen to it every day for a week. So today we're going to talk about something that's seemingly simple, but folks don't often do enough of or do it well enough. And that's taking notes on your job in the first week of the job. Yeah. And half of the world does this poorly. Half. Half. Yeah. And the half that does it poorly for you dis people, it's high D's and I's. You think, gosh, why would I take notes? I can remember everything because I, I don't want to take notes because, well, that just proves that I'm not really good, that I have to write things down because I can't remember it. Well, think again, folks, how good you are doesn't isn't really related to your memory. So look, we have four recommendations. Um, the first one sounds funny. Take notes on anything you might forget. The keyword there is might. Second thing you got to do is you got to take notes on the people you meet. People are the engine of companies and you've got to keep track of who they are and what they do. And particularly, of course, their names. And again, half the people in the world wouldn't think to do that either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> For you disc aficionados. Number three, you got to take notes on the processes you see. You're going to be told things like, well, this happens and then this happens and this happens. And if you don't write it down an hour later, um, when you're outside the context of the discussion, you'll discover your memory was passive and not active. Meaning if you were there and somebody said it again, the first step, you could probably remember the second step, but you're probably not going to be there again. And somebody's not going to start you off with the first step. Just like remembering a song. You can remember a song after it starts playing on the radio and the lyrics start happening. But most people can't just magically know the beginning of every song's lyrics and start singing them all the way through. Uh, and then number four, you've got to be careful about drawing conclusions. We recommend you not draw any conclusions yet in your first week on the, in a new job. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about your the first point. Take notes on anything you might forget. I've got a pretty good memory, right? I mean, I go to a job, I talk to folks. I mean, I'm and I'm new. I'm excited. I'm going to remember this stuff, don't you think? Yeah, not so much. No. I, even even those of us with good memories are just going to be bombarded with information in the first few days of a new job. Part of our brains is going to be busy fitting it into the framework we already have, the way our the information in our brain is already structured. It's just a lot to ask to put that much more in around a new context. Have you ever noticed? I mean, think about this. The first month of a new job is totally exhausting. And this is one of the reasons why. You've just got too much new information and your brain is busy trying to contextualize it and categorize it and relate it to, to uh, things you used to know. Um, your brain relates pieces of information, data, to other data, and that's part of how it's structured. So if you're going to make it easy on yourself, you've got to take notes. Folks, I'm telling you, as, as, somebody, as somebody who has started a job and not taken notes, 
because I thought it looked not smart to have to take notes. And I wanted to be able to say, no, I've got it. No, I've got it. No, I've got it. I can assure you I didn't have it. And any benefit I got from impressing people was largely overrated and later came back to haunt me because I didn't get the benefit to begin with. And I had a specific cost later by not knowing what I was supposed to, what somebody who had already told me something in the briefing that I was in and so on expected me to know. Right. Some of us are old enough to uh, not remember this, but if you've just recently graduated from college or the university, it's equivalent of going to class beginning of the year and not taking notes. I mean, yeah, be crazy, right? You wouldn't expect to get a good grade at the end of the semester if you did that. And this is probably as much or more information. Yeah, I can't remember whether or not in our cast on the Cornell note-taking technique, whether or not we proselytized for note-taking in general. I just don't remember if that was a key part of the, the cast. Um, but look, we, we recommend, folks, you carry a notebook around with you for at least the first week. And frankly, I mean, Mike, can you imagine being a professional and not having some way to take notes? We just had a conference and we asked people, you know, how many of you have a notebook with you? Every single one of them, right? Yeah. Every single yeah. one. Although to be fair, you know, it's funny. A lot of them, their definition of a notebook was, it was sketchy. It was loose pieces of paper, right? That came out of a backpack or something. But in any event, look, we're going to be accused of being Luddites uh, and there's, there's nothing we can do about that. There's good reasons for using a notebook. In other words, handwriting the notes. It's portable. It's always easy to find a new page. It won't run out of battery life. You'll spend less time organizing your notes and then afterwards reorganizing them and more time listening to the people you meet. It's also less intimidating to the people you work with. Taking notes uh, on people on a computer is not as helpful as you might think. People feel like you're documenting them because, of course, computer memory can last forever or certainly a lot longer than probably you need to need it to if you're going to be running into these people over and over and over again in the days and weeks ahead. Taking notes on a computer makes the person whom you're taking notes on, if it's a person, feel like you're documenting and it does not feel emotionless. It feels like you're building a dossier on somebody. It also makes it uh, seem like you're paying attention. So there's a good point. Yeah, of course, the whole issue of what the heck are you doing? And look, I told, I mentioned this at a recent conference. I told the young people um, in the room they need to wear a watch. And the common comment, I told everybody they need to wear a watch. And the common comment from younger people is, why do I need a watch? I have a phone. Great. In other words, in order to check the time, you have to reach into your pocket, push a button in order to check the time. I find that mind-boggling. And if it's not a candy bar phone, if it's a if it's not a smartphone, if it has to be flipped open, you're going to flip it open in front of somebody as if you got a text message or a phone call, but your phone was on vibrate. It looks professional. And further, you'll remember notes better if you write them rather than if you type them. Your brain does not store typed characters. It stores images. Everybody's brain does this. It doesn't matter how technical you are. It doesn't matter how much you like your laptop. It doesn't matter 
how, how much you think it's easier to organize stuff. Taking notes on an electronic device is not the way to start a new job, period. A notebook lends itself a lot to being used for a few weeks and then less and less often, much more easily than you punching with your thumbs on an electronic gadget, whatever it might be. Now, look, when we say take notes on everything you might forget, we mean that literally. In the first few days of a new job, we recommend you spend your time scribbling down dang near everything. Step by step, how to log on to the computer system. How many passwords you need to use the printer. Which floor your office is on. You know, you never know. Where the bathroom is. Opening hours of the restaurant. The hierarchy of the team whose team meeting your boss gets invited to, that you're dragged along to. The strategic priorities of the company or of your boss or of your division. How your boss likes his coffee made. I'll give you a simple thing. Your boss comes in carrying a Starbucks three days in a row. Write it down. Okay, he goes to Starbucks. I wonder where the Starbucks is. Aha, the nearby one. I remember one guy told me once, every morning my boss comes to work. And when he comes to work, his coffee cup is 98% full and it's Starbucks. There's only one Starbucks nearby, right? It's not like he passes 15 of them. Duh. I know where he is right before he comes to work. With so much information coming at you so quickly, you can't be guaranteed to remember the important things. And heaven forbid, you think you can remember the small things. And there are people who say to themselves, I'll remember that because it's small. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, here's a different way to think about it. Is in the beginning, you don't know the job that well. You just got there, right? You don't know what's important and what's not important. You don't have enough information to judge the, the relative importance of what you're learning. Yeah. So just write it all down. Yeah, maybe you'll remember how your boss likes his coffee, but not his priorities. Or you'll remember the restaurant times, but you won't remember the key code into the building. Yeah, it's just way easier to go egoless into your first week on the job and to write everything down. And folks, even if you're a VP, write it down, okay? Assume you're not going to remember the, remember the important things and write everything down. Again, another good reason for using a notebook, you're more likely to remember things by their relationship to the book and your other notes. When we take notes at a conference on ground rules, often people accuse me when we're starting a conference, uh, you know, when we're doing welcome purpose agenda ground rules, the way effective meetings are started all over the world, which is to say one meeting a day everywhere in the world. Some people kid me, they kind of poke at me because when I take the notes to the ground rules, they're kind of messy. And I say, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I have a problem with my handwriting. Well, Mike, you know, I can write lovely, beautifully up in front of the room. But we put the ground rules on, on at the end of the, and then I, I, I brought them up at the end of the day. And I said, you guys had some questions about my handwriting. And I point to all my handwriting and I asked them what it was that I wrote down. And every single person remembers because the brain is, is it stores visual images and not the actual letters of the word. And they can remember because of how I wrote it and where I wrote it, exactly when I wrote it in the facilitation of ground rules. The visual nature of our brain, you know, it's we take a snapshot. And if someone asks if you remember who Bob was from the meeting on Tuesday, you'll remember where you wrote it. Even if you have no idea at that moment who Bob is, you'll be able to find it because you'll remember where you wrote it. 
And look, note-taking in your new job, yeah, we know it's going to be a little bit of high intensity. Many of you want to be able to walk around with your hands in your pockets and just sort of skim through the day and pay attention at a high level. This, You think this makes you look good. It does not. It makes you look like a dilettante. It makes you look like somebody who's above it all. And if you're just starting a job, you shouldn't ought to think yet you're above it all. In two months' time, you'll not be able to to remember anything if you wrote stuff down, if you don't write stuff down. And if you're not taking notes in the beginning, a month from now, if you start taking notes, it's going to be way too late. It's only valuable. This is only valuable for the first couple of weeks. And if you've started writing things down, you'll have separated the important things from the non-important things. And it'll be easier for you to remember the things that really, really matter. So it's worth it by investing heavily in the beginning you're going to speed up the time between just starting and actually being or becoming productive. Good. Now, a lot of folks don't naturally think about people, right? They think about processes. So they're, they're pretty good. Even if they're taking notes, they're pretty good about writing down things and writing down steps and writing down actions and that kind of stuff. But a lot of folks don't naturally think about people. And so we're going to recommend that you take notes about the people you meet as well. Yeah, look, folks, I'm a high D, okay? Mike's a high D. Wendy's a high D. Admittedly, Maggie's a high I. But Mike and Wendy and I are the people you need to hear this next bit from. The people you meet are more important than the processes you learn. It's very frustrating, frankly. (laughs) Horseman's first law. It's all about the people. So you've got to remember to take notes on everybody you meet. At a minimum, take down their full name and hopefully how to spell it correctly, their title and who they work for. And look at folks, don't get confused by the whole high D, high I. If you haven't listened to the disc cast, and we're not going to cover it here, then we'd recommend you go and listen to those. It's an incredibly powerful tool. So for the purpose of this conversation, the high Ds are task-oriented. We tend to think in terms of task and not people. High I's, on the other hand, as Mark was saying, focus on people. So you probably fall into one of those categories. You may not, you may be a high D and high I, but for many of you, you fall on one of those two uh, axes. Some people go to work and naturally make lists of their work and say to themselves, if the work gets done, then the people will get taken care of. Um, Those are high D's and high C's. And some people go to work and say, if we take care of the people, the work get done. It's really about the people. And my point, I, I, I think Mike's corrected me that I didn't make it that well, is Mike and I and Wendy are all naturally not people persons. But we know when it comes to first week on the job, and frankly, for the rest of your career, the people you meet are more important than the processes you they, they engage themselves in. So don't forget to take notes about the people you meet. Look, in your first week, you can get away with a lot. You can say, I'd like to get this right. Would you mind spelling your last name for me? And just so I can fit you into my overloaded mental map right now, whom do you work for? And then write it down. And look, if you feel embarrassed about that, think about the alternative. What happens if you don't ask or you don't write it down? And in six weeks... When you've seen the guy in six meetings and you need to send him an email and you can't remember the spelling of his name. And so you can't figure out where he is in the, um, in the email pre-populated list, the company directory, right? What's more embarrassing asking him or your coworker then six weeks later 
or asking on the first day. Now you might say, well, you know, gosh, I'm going to meet so many people. Uh, you know, I won't remember everybody. You're right. You won't. Even if you write it down, you'll remember a ton more. If you write it down, the writing down of things increases your memory of things, even if you can't find it later, which we hope you still can. Okay. So we said name title and whom somebody reports to is, is generally a minimum. When somebody meets you for the first time, especially someone who is going to be very involved with your work, they're more than willing, usually, to tell you a lot more about themselves, their department, what they're looking for, what's needed, what the problems are. Write it all down. You're probably going to have a series of these kinds of meetings where you meet people and and they're going to talk about their relationship to what it is you do. And after two or three, if you're not writing it down, you won't remember whether it was Dave or Carol who had the problem with the printer on the second floor. And if you do, was it the one on the south or the north wing? And, oh, is that the floor where the codes are changed because it's the financial floor or not? So make notes. If you can, make notes which will help you identify their disk profiles over time. For those of you who know something about disk, you could probably write high D with a question mark on the edge of the page. If you're less practiced, if you don't know anything about disk, write down the behaviors they engage in. They speak loud, they speak fast, they don't smile. Knowing how people behave, even if you can't translate it into a disk category, will help you interact with them. If you don't write down that one person you met with in the first week talked very fast, talked very loud, um, never looked at you, didn't smile, and then you're in a meeting with her and she behaves the same way and you think she's responding to an idea, you already had the information that that was her natural mode of communication and you've forgotten it because you didn't write it down. And now you're feeling a little bit nervous. Oh my, is she, is she judging me harshly? Well, no, she isn't. She's just being herself. That's the way some people are. It's not, it's neither good nor bad. It just is. It's not a judgment on you. If somebody doesn't smile, we happen to think it's probably not effective to not go through your life, not smiling, but some people do that because not everybody listens to manager tools and career tools. Good. Now, some people naturally focus on tasks as well. And some people naturally focus on people. So if you're a people person, then you may want to pay particular attention to our next point, which is take notes on the processes you see. Yeah, this is probably the most obvious recommendation, right? It's the one most people would say, yeah, yeah, yeah I got to write down the steps and so on. Take notes about how to do things, right? How to get in the building, blah, blah, blah. Uh, if you're not in a role which requires doing things, right? If you're not in, down in the trenches, individual contributor, take notes about how things are done. Most roles are a combination of actually doing things and being aware of how things are done elsewhere. Even executives need to know how to turn on their computers, sync their Blackberries, what the time limit on their corporate credit card is, how expense reports are, are filed, so on. These are things which they do. In other roles, the things that a person actually does is the process for, say, entering the monthly accounts, submitting code for debugging, setting the machinery, Whatever it is, if you need to do it once you've been shown, take really good notes about how to do it. Bitter experience tells us that we think we're bright and we have really good memories. And yet we the second time we've done a process that looked easy, it wasn't. I remember reading about the difference between passive and active knowledge, particularly as it relates to foreign languages. The first level of, of learning you get about um, foreign languages is passive knowledge, meaning 
you've started to learn the language. And if somebody talks to you, you can get 80% of what they're saying. And that's enough for you to understand their meaning. And so therefore you begin to feel like, wow, I understand it. I'm getting, I'm getting fluent. Well, of course, that's only passive knowledge. That's somebody else creating the language, what they're speaking and you understanding it after it happens passively. There's a whole nother thing about active knowledge, which is creating the language yourself, literally having to say things. And even though you can understand somebody, what they said, that doesn't mean you could actually put those sentences together and create that knowledge in return for somebody else. That's the problem with not taking notes. You can watch something and say, oh, that makes sense to me. That's fine. I also had this experience when I was taking an engineering class in school. I would watch the professor and go, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, it's easy to say that when you're learning it passively, but when you have to actively reproduce it on a final exam, you might not get as good a score. I'm just saying, I'm just saying about that. Uh, yeah, I've, I've been there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so look, you need active knowledge. If you are listening and you to, are watching something being done and you're not taking notes and you're saying that makes sense, that makes sense, that makes sense, you are developing a passive knowledge. The whole point of the briefing is to give you active knowledge and the quickest way to get passed from passive to active knowledge is to take notes so you can reproduce the briefing in your head and that means writing it down and then reading it to yourself and then you can apply the knowledge and actually you use it to do the task. And look, everything we know about note-taking is most people are never good at taking enough notes. So take more than you think you need. Now, if you're a perfectionist, you might have all of your notes numbered and, and bulleted and sub-bulleted and indented and so on. And if that's the case, maybe you actually take enough. I would be willing to bet that about 25% of the people who are listening to this, uh, maybe a little higher, take good enough notes. Most people don't, and and it starts declining. You become a manager, a more senior manager, a junior executive, and an executive. Hey, I'm smart. I don't need this. And your ego writes checks that your memory can't cash. Good job, Maverick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That actually wasn't Maverick. I think yeah, it is. Bald headed. Yeah. It was the captain, flight director. It's okay. Yeah. So take notes on the processes you see. A manager may not use the, the 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 grinding machine on the shop floor, but if he manages the guy who does, it's worth taking notes on it. An executive may not ever need to compile the accounts at the end of the month to put them together for the for the uh, monthly financials. But when someone talks her through how they're consolidated or how it can be automated, maybe then you need to know that these kinds of things are the moments and the places managers and executives are likely to see potential improvements. You're going to see a faster or better way of doing it or how it can be automated. That's part of your role. And in fact, in the beginning, your mind is uncluttered. One of the things I've seen many great executives do is say, hey, listen, new guy, you're the eyes and ears. If something doesn't make sense to you, let us know. We all have, we're all guilty of being in a rut. When we see a process, we accept the process as is because we use it and we can't go through our lives assuming we're going to be breaking down and improving every process all the time. For most people, working on a process and trying to improve it at the same time is a bit like building a car while driving it. Okay. And so 
if you come in new, many executives or managers will say, look, you don't know these processes yet, so it'll be easier for you to think about fixing it because you're not, it, it's still fresh in your mind. If you take notes, you'll much more likely remember it, and perhaps you'll get some connectivity between other notes that may be helpful to you, and you'll have an insight that somebody else may not have. If nothing else, take notes so you'll have a clear record of how it's done. When somebody is explaining what they're doing and you're writing it down, I mean, this is just me, but I think that sends a message of respect to the person who's working on it. Oh, absolutely. And conversely, I think it sends a message of disrespect. I think if you're walking through the day and you get a series of briefings and you're not taking notes, you're leaning back, you're basically saying what you do is unimportant to me or not interesting enough for me to take a lot of notes. You're going to come across like a dabbler, somebody who's just a... Somebody playing at management and or, or playing at your role and really is only interested in the things that really have to be interesting to them. Show respect and take notes. For, now, look, for those of you who aren't managers, take notes on the processes which take place upstream and downstream from you, right? Suppose you're going to be working in insurance claims processing. Part of the training, you spend a morning with a call center who takes the initial calls, that obviously lead to claim in some cases. When you do that, when, you, when you're there, take notes on how they work. When you get back to your desk and you're trying to work out why the forms come with a certain code or in a certain order, it's likely, likely because of something that happened before the form got to you in that call center that you just got briefed on. The answer is probably in your notes. If it's not, you know somebody in the call center because you wrote their name down, walk up there, Check your notes first and ask them, hey, I don't know if you remember me. I'm the new guy. I'm Mark. You gave me a briefing last week on X, and I'm just trying to figure something out. Bob, can you tell me X, right? That's not just knowledge. That's also relationship and network building. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I had a, a friend of mine, Chris Serantis, um, Spartan's Restaurant. I'm sure. I, I think you know oh, yeah, I know Chris. Mark. Um, he's no longer with us, unfortunately. God bless his soul. I was talking to Chris one day, and he was, we were, and I had restaurants at the time, and of course he had his restaurants. And it was explained to me that when he hired new servers, like literally within the first 12 hours, you know, folks would come up to him and make all sorts of suggestions about how to change all the operations in his restaurant, even though they'd only been there 12 hours. And so he quickly developed a rule when he hired people. He said, look, after three months, you can give me all the suggestions you want, and I want to hear them. But the first, for the first three months, just hold fire a while. Just wait three months. After three months, all's game. But until then, learn what we're doing so you understand the context of your comments. And he was pretty darn successful. Folks, when you're taking notes, you're new to the job, you've only been there a week, say. Don't draw any conclusions about what you've seen yet. Give it a little bit of time. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Our first rule for managers is fit in, fit in, fit in. It applies to anybody. It can be tempting, right? The executive says, hey, I, you know, I really want your input. You know, tell us where we're wrong. You see the way something's done someplace new. You think the old way you we're used to it before is better. And you decide what this company does bad and you want to change it. And, and of course, you want to change it with no political credibility built up yet. So Mike's right. Decide not to draw any conclusions and you'll be less likely to make this political mistake. Think of it this way. I, I love this. You're a scientist. Right now, you're taking notes on what is. 
we often at our conferences, when we're, when we're teaching how to communicate better, we ask people to pay attention to other people's behaviors when you're communicating. It's a hugely important thing. It goes to the issue of communication is what the listener does. Thank you, Peter Drucker. Right. And if you only have five bits of data, you probably don't have enough to establish a pattern. If you have 200 bits of data about somebody, which by the way, you can gather in literally five minutes watching them. If you have 200 bits of data, even if 20% of it is wrong, you still have enough to draw good conclusions. And and if it's an experiment and we have five data points and they're all over the map on an XY plot, you're like, is there a pattern there? No. On the other hand, if you have 200 points, if there is a pattern there, it's going to start to become apparent. So in the beginning, all you're doing is gathering data. You're not trying to draw conclusions. You're taking notes on what is. Take notes as an impartial observer. It might be that on day three, you see something you think is dreadful and and you end up saying, well, I need to make a huge fuss here to make sure it gets changed. If on day five, you see something even worse and you try again to get a change, one of two things will happen. Either you'll get a change and you'll be seen as a disruptive force to be avoided or neutralized or talked to, or you'll have used up all your goodwill already and you won't be able to get the change made. And heaven forbid, day five's change is a really big one and you acted as day three's really was big and you pulled out all the stops and you essentially did a lot of brinksmanship to get it changed, right? You'll be the boy who cried wolf and you don't want to be that person. Make a note about what you notice and move on. That's your only role for the first couple of months, folks. That's your only role. Wait, 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 wait. Don't believe the boss who says, come in here and make a lot of changes. Don't do it. If you make a lot of changes, the people who are carry, who will have to carry your water, uh, who will have to enact the changes will have to do so simply because of your role power and they will begin to resent you. And then if you need to make more changes in six and nine months, you will have soured them on a relationship with you. You're not that good. Yeah. Now, look at obviously if you see something illegal or unethical, somebody stole something or somebody hits somebody, hit another person. I mean, that's different. Right. But the the likelihood of that is pretty small. small. So for now, just keep your powder dry. There you go. Um, When you have the whole picture and you know what changes will have the most impact and which changes can be postponed, then you could consider proposing a plan, but not in the first week. And that's it. Right. Take notes on anything you might forget. Take notes on the people you meet, on the processes you see, and hang fire on conclusions. Don't go trying to change things too soon. Build up some contextual maps to help you understand where you might get the most value if you're going to make a change. The first week, folks, in any role is really important. And since we want to be seen as adding value quickly, hitting the ground running, there's a temptation to take action immediately. All of us here at Manager Tools are very motivated to make change. We like pushing forward, uh, and we still recommend you don't do that in your first week. It's not sit down, shut up, and, and just do what we tell you to do. It's pay attention and take notes so you can refer to them later, and you'll build the right contextual maps. Take good notes, lots of notes, bide your time. It's a more effective strategy in the long run. Agreed. All right, my friend. We'll see you. Thanks, partner. So long. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, check out the discussion forums, www.manager-tools.com forward slash forums. See you there. So long, folks.